begin to move as we worship you. So if you have something that you've been waiting for a move, I encourage you, now is the time to worship. Now is the time to praise. And just see what he does. See how he decides to move in your life. Because he is good and he loves you, he cares for you, and he is going to move for you. So let's just take a minute. We're not praying right now. We're praising.
thank you that you said here on earth as it is in heaven. You said to pray in that way. And we, Father, we just ask you to make it here on earth as it is in heaven. That you would just move in our lives, Father. That you would move in our hearts. That you would move in our city, Father. We thank you, Lord, that there is just so much more that you want to give to us. And I pray, God, that you would just help us to prepare our hearts, Lord, for what you're doing, for the way that you are going to move in our lives. And Father, I pray that it would look exactly how you want it to look, that we can just let the idea of what we want for our lives go if it's not what you want. And we can just follow your plan and your perfect time. us, Lord, just here on earth as it is in heaven. Fill us up, Father. Fill us up. I know they're checking kids in in just a minute, and uh, we'll take up tithing off, and when they start filtering back in here, it's good to have you tonight, and uh, again, ladies, questions about the, the bonfire, see Margo, and uh, please start getting signed up pretty soon, uh, so we can prep for that, but it's good to have you tonight, I, that last song, if you didn't know, that's, that's the Beatitudes, that's the kingdom, Amen. And the, ki the kingdom, the kingdom of God takes the ways of the world and turns it all upside down. And, and how, how the world works and God subverts it. As a matter of fact, if, um, if 
if we find ourselves believing and feeling like that we advance the kingdom of God the same way the world functions, we'll find that it's really not the kingdom. How many know what I'm talking about? That the kingdom, the kingdom of God and the, and the, the ways of God, in the will of God, on earth as it is in heaven, it, it entirely subverts. If the kingdom of God was like the kingdom of the world, why would we need the kingdom of God to come? We would just try to take over what's already here. Now it gets, it gets supplanted. It gets in a subversive way. It works, and, and, and it's kind of the current of the kingdom. You ever, you ever how many of y'all have ever been to the ocean? Lakes, but like the real ocean, okay, yeah. And you get in the waves, and, and you feel that drag, you feel that drag back out to the water. That's sort of like the kingdom working against the ways of the world. It, it has a pull to it. But it doesn't work the way the world does. And if we start to see, like, like an example of this song, things like the Beatitudes and uh, Fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, when we see these things, we say, we're going to live like this. We believe this. Do you all believe Jesus and his way is the best way? Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Now, we say that until then, different than the way of the world. Something's wrong with it. Tell me something's wrong with my mic. How's that? Is that better? Maybe because it turned in on, on, my, on my neck. There we go. Okay. Because I wore a t-shirt. That's the problem. Anyways, so if it, if it goes back that way, just give me your evil eyes and I'll know to turn it back out. All right. <laughs> wow. She's, she's telling me too. Get it right, boy. All right, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, go ahead and prep it. You guys know where all the offering envelopes are. And we got Mr. Usher Sawyer right there with some offering envelopes. If you need one, wave your hand around. He'll help you out. Um, I, lo I love when the younger kids help us out. Isn't that right? That's a good thing. So I'm glad to see that. Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to give tonight. We continue in our worship and our giving, Lord. And I pray uh, as we are faithful to you, you're, you're teaching us faithfulness. And you're teaching us what it means to be faithful like you. And Lord, so much that you are faithful to us in all things. Even, even Lord, when, when we are falling short, your faithfulness does not stop. It does not end. And I pray that we are built into people who are faithful like you. And things like our giving, our tithing, and our offering is one way where that's being taught to us, Lord. So as, as we are faithful in our giving, Lord, we are becoming like you in the nature of our attitude, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Bring it if you have it. I, oh, by the way, it is youth hangout tonight, so uh, I think they already got together. They're somewhere, so if you miss that boat, they'll help you find them. If you got your Bible, it's the book of Proverbs and chapter number two. We're talking about on Wednesdays here for just a little bit, hearing God's voice. I believe God is active, that God is not silent. I don't believe that at the, at the founding of the church that, uh, that God stopped leading I, I, with his own voice. I don't believe that he stopped directing us by the Spirit. I don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit stopped. I don't believe any of that. I believe we are active in the church age that began in Acts chapter 2, and it's the age that we live in. And because I believe that, I believe that God still speaks. I believe that God speaks to us corporately. I believe that God speaks to us as individuals, okay? But I believe that God is active in speaking to us if you learn to pay attention to him. Right? You've got to learn to slow the pace of your life at times and pay attention to God. Look, I'm as busy as you guys are. Every day, I, I, I was telling somebody, I'm a list maker. I have lists for every part of my life, guaranteed. I have lists of things I need to do at home. I've got a list of things I need to do at work. I got a list of things I need to do to get ready for hunting season. I got lists, right? And it's easy for me to try to chop through my lists and accomplish tasks, but I can get busy in my list. And, I, and, and if my lists aren't done, I'm antsy right here because I always have to be doing something. That's me. I, I never rest. But one thing I had to do 
and especially in discovering my own personality, I had to learn how to slow down and pay attention to God. Put my list down, put my business down, and stop and, and, and turn, and be purposeful in paying attention, because in learning him and paying attention, then I will be able to pay attention even when I'm not directly paying attention. That makes sense. So when you're a person of, of the words we talked about last week and you're a person of prayer, those are times where you are purposely paying attention. But then when you're not purposely paying attention like that because you are learning his voice and you're learning his leading, you hear him even when you're not purposely paying attention when you're busy and he can get involved in your life when he wants to because you hear him. And I, be I believe God wants to be interactive with you in that, in that way. So hearing the voice of God, so I want to talk about tonight um, is one way that I think God speaks to us, maybe a, a way of, of thinking about it is one way God imparts to us, but I'll talk to you about wisdom. And I want to talk to you about the wisdom of God for a few moments tonight. So uh, Proverbs chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 2, verse number 6, and of course Proverbs is, is the book of wisdom, uh, most of it uh, traditionally written by King Solomon. But one of the ways God speaks is through wisdom, and wisdom is simply good judgment. Wisdom is the soundness of action. It's a way of approaching life. And there is a wisdom, by the way, that man can gain through experiences of life, right? So, uh, I don't know how I learned this, but at some point I learned when the stove is hot, don't touch it. Either I gained wisdom because somebody told me not to do it when I kid I didn't, or maybe I don't remember, maybe I decided to figure it out for myself. Psh, that's hot, I burn myself, don't do that again. That wasn't the wisdom of God, that was the wisdom of me figuring out this is life, don't touch a hot stove. How many of you I'm talking about? So we, we can grow in wisdom just by the experience of life, and we have the capacity given by God to do that, right? But yet above that, beyond that, outside of that, there is a wisdom of God that only can originate in him, that he can impart to us, that is greater than the wisdom that we can gain in the experiences of our life. You see what I'm getting at? And, and it's a way of life. It's, again, it's, it's good judgment. It's soundness of action. So Proverbs 2.6 says this. This is, this is one of the very first verses I ever memorized, and, and probably because of that, one of the most quoted verses of my entire life. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I believe that. And I believe that God is active in giving wisdom, and from his mouth he gives knowledge and understanding. Matter of fact, I believe that if you ask, he'll give it to you. And one of the reasons, uh, and I, I've told you before that I like to involve the scripture when I pray, so I pray the Bible. Um, that's not just something Proverbs said, that is a prayer of my life. I quote that scripture in my prayer because I pray that. Lord, give me wisdom. From your mouth, give me, please, knowledge and understanding. Remember, Solomon asked for wisdom. I asked for wisdom. I, I, actually, I actually get bold about it. I say, Lord, give me a double portion of wisdom. What does that mean? I don't know, but I asked for it. Lord, give me a double portion of wisdom. Whatever that means. I, I want a double fold of the wisdom of God in my life. I would encourage you, because I know you're people of prayer, that every day you ask for the wisdom of God. And the best thing you can do is ask for the wisdom of God at the start of your day. Lord, today, I want to live in your wisdom. Yeah, I, I've learned some stuff, but your wisdom is higher. Your wisdom is greater. So, Lord, today, give me wisdom. And then I, I believe that God imparts in a certain way. He speaks wisdom to us as we live our life. As a matter of fact, the book of James chapter number one, if you'll turn there, James chapter number one, we'll come back to Proverbs in, in a moment, so keep your finger there. But James chapter number one and verse number five, 
Now, what's interesting about this is, I, I'm not, I, I take that back. I'm sorry. Go, go to verse number two. Let's lead into to verse number five. James 1, 2 says, Count it joy when you meet trials or face trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And let steadfastness, let perseverance have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. In other words, mature and complete, not lacking anything. But part of what it means to know the trials and, and approach to trials with, with, with joy comes from what James writes next. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person would not suppose that will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So you face the trials of life, learn how to face them with joy. But part of the ability to do that is to ask for wisdom on how to live your life in the face of trials. Ask in wisdom, but, but and James makes the point to say, but ask in faith and don't doubt. Now, that, that's a big picture for all your prayer. You should ask, you should pray all things in faith, in other words, trust and belief and, and not letting doubt overtake that God will respond to your prayers. But specifically, he's talking about wisdom. You are able, you're allowed to, you're supposed to, you're encouraged to ask for wisdom. And when you ask for wisdom, don't doubt that God will give it to you, as James writes, generously. You ever been around a generous person? Constantly giving. You're, at some point, you're embarrassed of their giving. How many of you have a person like that? You're embarrassed of their giving. Just give so much, you're just like, eventually, like, stop. I don't, it's enough, it's enough, but they just can't help themselves. That's God. And James says that he believes that God will give wisdom in that way, generously. If you simply believe and don't doubt that, he'll do so. So when you're in, you're in the midst of life and you're facing trials, you're, you're going to face them. You can count it joy because you know it's going to produce things in your life that lead to maturity, but in the midst of it, he'll give you wisdom of what to do about it. God does not leave you alone in the trials of your life. And one of the ways he speaks to us is an impartation of wisdom of how to live every day. So Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. Let's go back to the beginning of, of Proverbs. Again, this, this book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. So, so what about this wisdom? It says here that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fool, a foolish person, despises wisdom and instruction. Now, that, that's, in a, that's, by the way, that's in a general sense, too. You, you should never be a person that despises instruction in your life. Okay? I mean, you, I've been around some kids. I was a youth pastor, as you know, forever. I've been around some kids that despise instruction. All right? And, and they find themselves in mess. They would just listen just to some good counsel, some, some direction. It helped their life a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? You end up in a foolish way of living when you're despising instruction. But yet there's something greater, again, than the instruction that we can give. There is the wisdom and knowledge of God that you're foolish if you despise it. Foolish. As a matter of fact, you're available to that kind of wisdom and instruction from God because you have a healthy fear of him who is there. Now, I'm not scared of God. It's not what he's talking about. I, I, I guess if I was in sin and I was in open sin and I knew I was in sin and, and, and I guess eventually I'd come to a place I'd be pretty scared of judgment, to be honest. But be, being saved and forgiven, I'm not scared of God. But I have a healthy understanding of, of, and respect of who he is. He is the God of the universe. 
and he made all, and he does what he wants in power and authority. And I have a, a respect of his sovereignty and his power and his might. I have an understanding of who he is versus who I am. So therefore, I actually have a fear of God in that sense. But the good thing about it is that fear makes me teachable. That, that healthy understanding of him versus me allows me to listen to him and not thinking in my own pride that my way is better. Isn't that right? That my way, even if my way, whatever I'm facing, whatever decision I'm, I'm in, that my way, I'm making that decision because of the experiences of my life, so I think it's in my wisdom, that still doesn't match the wisdom of God. And I have a healthy enough understanding that if he is leading me, that even what it looks like in the first steps of that leading, his way is always better. That's the wisdom of God. So, so as, as, as old as I'm getting, as long as I've been pastoring, as long as I've been studying the Bible, as long as I've been praying, I've never come to a place where I'm not teachable. Nor have I ever come to a place where I think I figured it all out so I don't need to ask him anymore. That I can stop praying, stop getting into his word. Have I, have I read through the Bible? Absolutely, many times. But I'm not beyond still being taught by this living word so I get back in it. I always want to be in a place of being teachable. But you won't be teachable if you lose the healthy respect for God and who he is. Because all of a sudden, man, ourselves, we come to a place where we think our way is the best way. How we're going to go about it is the right way to do it. Instead of listening and being teachable to the God who wants to generously give us wisdom on how to live life. So a healthy fear of God is important. As a matter of fact, uh, Proverbs chapter 11 Here's another aspect that goes right along with that. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 2. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is what? Wisdom. A key to living in the wisdom of God is humility. That, that, that's connected to what we just said. That I understand that God is who he is. I am who I am in, in this order of creation and all, all of that. Therefore, I am humble. In other words, I'm teachable. I'm able to be instructed. I never think of myself more highly than I ought to at the moment that I do that he will remind me that I shouldn't do that. That is why, by the way, there's nothing really too trivial to take to him and ask for his wisdom and direction. Nothing. That, that even, even though I believe I've gained wisdom in living life, like don't touch the hot stove, I don't think that wisdom is all that I need. As a matter of fact, I've come to a very distinct understanding that the ways of God can only be instructed by he himself. And my wisdom doesn't line me up with his will and his ways and the kingdom life. I'll end up in my wisdom living like the world and just do it in what I think is the good way. But that's not the ways of God necessarily. They may cross over and track together sometimes, but the wisdom of God goes beyond that. So humility, that I must humble myself before God and allow him, in other words, submit to him, that not only is he who he is, but his way is the best way. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 26. Proverbs 28 and 26. Whoever trusts his own mind, that's me and my brain, is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So there, there is just a principle of life right there. If you, if you want to think about how to live life, think of that. 
If I rely on myself and myself alone or just what other people think, then eventually I'll end up in the foolishness of life. But if I want to live life in the life that God intends, then I must gain wisdom from him to live it. Do you believe that? Okay. So, so here's some things about that. Uh, first is this, is that you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 18. Let's, let's just read that. So, sort of a, a note here that I think is important is that when the Bible talks about wisdom, there's kind of a couple of different things that it, it's really addressing. And here's, here's the biggest one that, that uh, kind of underscores the rest of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18. It says, For the word of the cross, or the cross of Christ, is folly or it's foolishness to those who are perishing, to those who are not saved. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the foolishness, the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are being saved, being called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, so the point is this. The underlying thing about the wisdom of God is the cross of Jesus. That's the foundation of it. So what people would look at, and, and I understand we, we, a lot of you grew up in the church. Uh, most of you have been around the church for a long time. That, that the stories of Jesus and, and the cross and his resurrection, that, that's, that's what we believe, is what we hold on to. But for somebody not in that tradition, they think, that is how this is supposed to happen. It's foolishness to them. Really? I mean, in, in those days, the God was killed. I mean, he allowed himself to... That's foolishness. No, 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 God wouldn't do that. It was foolishness to the thinking of the day. But God uses what we would consider foolishness actually in his wisdom, right? The basic wisdom of the age is Jesus crucified. That's the basic wisdom of the age. So it's kind of like this. Just say this. Whether or not you ever really feel like you walk in the wisdom of God, if you're saved, you're in the wisdom of God. You see what I mean? That's the basis. That's what you need. That's the most important thing. So all things are based in the wisdom of God of how he is saving the world. And, and just from the very start, Christianity is foolish to those who don't believe. Just from the start. Because by man's wisdom, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. If, if, if I was to create a story, make one up about uh, God saving a world, it wouldn't look anything like that. It'd, look, it'd probably mirror more how the world works. Well, God came, he saw everybody, he gave him a choice. You want to believe in me? Nope. Grease spot. <laughs> He's wiping everybody out. I mean, my God would be very macho, you know, walking around, kind of a sneer on his face, taking control. That, that's what I would come up with. Uh, how many of you want to talk about? He'd be like God Rambo. That would be me, right? He'd come in and just destroy everything, right? But, but then the kingdom is totally the opposite. Turns the entire thing on. And that's foolishness. R really? foolishness. But that's how God's saving the world. Through the action of Jesus on the cross. So that's the base wisdom of God in our age. So that's the first thing to understand. But then beyond that, here's the second thing. There is a specific wisdom that you can pray for 
for the situations of your life, the wisdom of God. So, uh, simple example, you could be facing a decision. It could be something you think is little, something you think is big. It is good, it is right to pray, Lord, I ask for wisdom and what to do in this situation. So you pray, maybe even fast, but we're invoking God to respond to our situation and give you wisdom and direction. Now, what is the key in that? Patience. So my, my mom, uh, I don't know, I, I grew up in the era where there were records, record players. So my, my parents had a, a record of, I'm pretty positive the record was entitled The Music Man. Okay, so there were songs on this thing that they would play in the house. And I remember this specific song about patience. That I learned this song, and I actually used to sing it to my kids when they were little. I'm not going to sing it. But it says, have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember, God is patient too. So think of all the times when others have to wait on you. That, that's why I tell my kids all the time, have patience. Uh, patience is the key, though. That you learn to be patient. If you ask God for direction, then why would you not be patient until you feel he's responded? Well, I wanted it now. Okay. It's been a week. Okay. Why is he not saying anything? I, I don't know. Maybe because he's wiser than you. Maybe there's a reason that you don't see. So, so learn to take your decision. Well, what if it's, I have to know now, then pray right now, and, then you, and pray that what you do is in the wisdom of God. Okay? But learn to ask. Because as James says, if you ask and don't doubt, you ask in faith, he'll give generously. Because from the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Right? So take time to involve God in your life. You know, he wants to be involved. He wants you to reach out to him. So, so when I was a kid, and I don't know what age this stopped, but when I was a kid, if I had a question, who would I ask? My mom and dad. At some point, I got too full of myself and didn't think I needed to ask anymore. I probably hit me before 12. I'm going to guess eight or nine. I don't know. I thought, I thought I didn't need to ask no more. I can do my own thing. I'm smart enough. So don't be like me at 8 and 9, 10, 11, 12. Never get to the place where you don't think you have to ask God. He's your Father in heaven who gives generously if you ask. So pray, ask. for. I think sometimes we get scared to ask him because we would rather do our own thing. But ask him. Here's a second way that, that wisdom shows up beyond just asking for situations of your life. This is kind of a wisdom that you grow to live in. So I believe there's a wisdom of God that can be apparent in your life because you are being formed into his likeness. In other words, as we grow and change to be like him, there will be an apparent godly wisdom that you begin to live in beyond just asking him for certain situations. I mean, I want to what I'm saying. So an example of that would be what we're talking about Sunday. I'll use, uh, our message last Sunday as an example. So we're reading uh, that Peter says, when um, you give the reason for the hope that you have, sharing your faith, right? Peter tells you how to do it. He says, do it with what? Gentleness and respect with a clear conscience. Do you realize that when you share the faith that you have and you do it with gentleness instead of being sharp, harsh with people, you are walking the wisdom of God? You see what I'm saying? When, when you're changing to be like him, then the actions of your life will come from the wisdom of how he is teaching us how to live. So when you see a, a list of things like Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, when those things are starting to grow from your life, that is partly the wisdom of God showing you how to live in this world. 
So you have wisdom that you ask for, but as you are being changed, the wisdom of God is showing up in you and how you live. Which is, again, why you have to really believe in his way is the best way versus the way the world works, because dealing with people, we have a tendency to want to be harsh. But the wisdom of God says, do it gently. How many know what I'm getting at? Well, the world would do this. Okay, that's the world, but God is teaching us to do this. That's wisdom. But, Lord, it doesn't make sense right now to be like that. He knows that. But he understands some things that we don't. Right? So he's telling us that somebody who follows him, that if I'm going to be submissive to him and be humble, then I'll learn how to be this way. And I'll let the activity of the Holy Spirit in my life change me to be this way. That's the wisdom of God. Okay, so that's the second way. So it shows up in how we live as we're being changed and being formed in his likeness. And here's the third way. Uh, this is, is found in 1 Corinthians 12. We won't go there. But there's a gift of the Spirit called the message of wisdom. So that, is, that at the moment, whatever's happening, whatever situation you're in, uh, you're filled with the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are, are operative in your life as the Holy Spirit chooses. There, there's moments in your life where he could drop the gift of wisdom that comes from him for a situation, and, and usually a verbal way of speaking it, whether uh, it's for the situation or a specific person, but the wisdom of God is imparted to you for uh, giving. Okay? So wisdom shows up because you pray and ask for direction. It shows up generally in how you live your life because you're being transformed. Then we have the gift of wisdom that will show up in specific situations because you're being obedient to God and doing something, therefore he uses you in that moment. Okay? So God speaks, and one of the things he speaks is wisdom. I want to live in the wisdom of God. In everything that I do. So, part of my, so when I say I ask daily for wisdom, sometimes I will be more specific. Lord, teach me how to be a better husband. I ask that. What am I asking for? Give me wisdom. Teach me how to be a better husband. I was just praying today, uh, I was praying about my kids. And I, I, I prayed it this way. I said, Lord, teach me at this stage of life, at the age that my kids are, teach me how to be the best dad I can be to my kids where they're at in life right now. I want wisdom. Because right now, I've never been a dad to my kids at where they're at in this life right now. Right? Isn't that true? I, w- I, I was learning how to be a good dad when they were this big. Then when they're teenagers, now, now they're all out of the house and, and they're spread around the country. God forbid, what in the world? But I, I pray, but how, how can I be the, the dad I'm supposed to be right now? I'm not, give, teach me. In other words, I'm asking, give me wisdom. I, I pray today, Lord, Lord, teach me how to be a better pastor of the church that I pastor. I'm asking for wisdom. I said, Lord, teach me how to, uh, in, in the role that I still have there, executive director, teach me to be a better leader in what I'm doing in, in the church there. I pray, I ask all the time, teach me, show me. I'm asking for wisdom. I always am asking. Because I want everything that I do to be of him and not of me. I want that. So, so today, we, we got, I got in the mail uh, the latest whatever of my retirement account. I opened it. I was like, oh, my. I, I'm praying, Lord, give me wisdom of what to do with some of this finances. It's good, but it's not what it was. So, Lord, help me. Show me what to do. So we'll have a meeting with, with our investment guy, and we'll ask some questions. But I'll pray for wisdom before that meeting. What, what, what should I ask? How should I approach this? You see what I'm getting at? So I'm constantly asking, well, give me wisdom. Show me. I, I, don't, I don't want to take steps without him, but I've also learned that when I do ask and he does direct, I need to obey. And I can't start arguing. I ask, he tells me, then I'll argue with him. I don't know about that. Really, that? 
I'm not saying he's saying this. I think he's probably going, you're a dummy. You asked me, I told you, now you're arguing with me. I know he didn't say that, but in my mind, I'm thinking, he's probably, what are you thinking? You asked me. I told you. Can you just listen? How many know what I mean? So if I'm asking and I'm feeling, how do I know what he's, if he speaks in different ways, we'll keep talking about this. But when I feel that he's responded, however I feel he's responded, I've got to learn to obey. Even if that's another step of faith, even if it's not like the way things have been in the past, definitely if it's not how the way society works, that I live in his way, and that's what I'm after. Amen? Okay, so be people of wisdom. Ask him. You, you, listen, you can't bug God enough. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can bug him enough to ask for wisdom. Right? All right. Lord, Lord we, we, we thank you that you desire to give wisdom generously to help us live this life that you have called us to live. So I do pray for each one of us that you impart wisdom to us in how we live and the decisions that we make. I pray that we're all teachable, we're humble, we submit. And we live life in step with the Spirit. So Lord, show us. I pray we are very attentive to your voice, your leading. I pray what we call the still small voice in the Spirit. I pray it's very clear. I pray each one of us is able to discern your voice in the midst of the noise of the world. And I pray, Lord, that, that we are people that are very responsive to you. And we, we open ourselves up to whatever you say. That will be the course of our steps. We thank you for being so, so uh, personal to each one of us. I thank you for that. You're not distant from us, but you're, you're with us, very close. And I, I pray we live life that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I hope, by the way, that you, you've gotten into the habit over the last couple of weeks of praying for people that need to know Jesus, that you're praying for people to be saved, right? Then you're open to being part of the answer of your prayer. Amen? And, and I believe, again, that we start, we, we live a life where the, these kind of very purposeful prayers that we have, that, that God will begin to use us in ways that, that maybe are subtle, maybe, maybe not, but, but beyond what we would have imagined that God could do. I believe, I believe God can use each one of us beyond what we thought that he could. No matter where you're at in your life, no matter what has happened to you in your past, that today God can use you if, if you pay attention. Amen? All right. All right, be blessed. We'll see you Sunday morning. Invite a friend out. We'll keep on in, in sharing our faith series. So we'll see you Sunday.